Welcome to the prototype world of tomorrow. They say the new millennium truly began the day the City of Progress was finished. A domed metropolis of the world's greatest minds, built on the swamplands of central Florida. Here in this self-styled city of the future, 50,000 temporary residents live, work, and occasionally die. Progress is a prototype of a world to come, but also a living city with many mysteries, and working to unravel a few of them are Progress's only private detectives, Tim Less and Eve R. Moore. This season of World of Tomorrow is sponsored by Boardwalk Times, and now, Fairweather Foes, Chapter 3. You won't believe this next floor plan. The fixtures come with the office. See, the problem with your story, Eve, is dramatic tension. You are the one telling it to me, standing on two legs, so I know that whatever happened, things didn't go that wrong. <sighs> I did an emergency parachute jump out of a dirigible that was nosediving into the city. But sure, I'll take your storytelling notes for next time. Others are very interesting. I put an offer in now. Would it help if I walked with a limp? You know, it might. I think I could be a pilot. <laughs> no. What? I worked for Eastern Airlines. In the marketing department. Compared to her literal high-flying adventure, Eve had seemed underwhelmed when I told her about my nocturnal escapades. There was one point in the story where she seemed to express some degree of shookness. Oh, wait, you joined... Spirit of Tomorrow? Tomorrow. The people who almost got me killed. They did not. They only care about communication technology being used to overthrow the current system that control progress. Oh, I see it now. I don't think it was them. So, did they give you a membership card? Secret handshake? Sinister tattoo? No. For the next meeting, are they going to chime you the details? Uh, We didn't actually talk about that. It was more high level. Uh Uh-huh. So on this video call, where you saw all 10,000 of them... Uh, Rough estimation. There wasn't one of them who looked like a hacker type who maybe reprogrammed a blimp? It's progress. They all look like hacker types. The gardeners here look like hacker types. You won't believe the storage opportunities available in this unit. I'm just saying, just because you met a dozen of them and they let you into their little club and said nice things doesn't mean you can trust them. You said it yourself. The system is unhackable. Yeah. It sure seems like it. Completely secure communications. So how did they do it? I don't know. So then why are you blaming us? Or them, rather? I don't know. Maybe because I jumped out of a blimp last night. Whoever did it went from mild annoyance to attempted murder. Eve stormed off. Well, maybe not stormed exactly. The mood was a little frosty, so let's say flurried. She was done with this conversation. 
I could see her in the other room fiddling with whatever gizmo she had in her hands. The whole terror in the skies incident had me feeling sorry for her. Otherwise, I'd have given the kibosh on the idea that we spend the morning office hunting. Still, there was a limit. This one won't work. Eve was getting into a bad habit of declaring things that seemed more like opinions. As a matter of fact, I liked this office. Sure, it wasn't the hemisphere, but for the price, you could do much worse. Two individual offices with the reception area to see clients. There was a kitchenette to the side. This part of Progress was originally sponsored by Coca-Cola, so there was literally soft drinks on tap. Unfortunately, they had to switch to a generic soda after Coke failed to renew their sponsorship, but hey, you couldn't have everything. The whole place was done up in swirling patterns of wall carpet, and a monthly shampoo and vacuum was included. We still have one exciting option left. New message from unknown number. Is that yours? Eve Moore. Please visit Progress Security Central Station at your earliest convenience. A meeting has been requested by Chief of Progress Security, Diana Maxian. Huh. What do you think they want to talk to you about? Going out on a limb? I would say the dirigible that fell out of the sky with me on board. Either that or, you know, they found all the Liam Crawford evidence I was hiding. What? Kidding. As far as you know. I made a sort of yawning sound to indicate I wasn't really up to accompanying her on a trip to visit the Fuzz Factory. So, Eve, you, uh... You don't want me... I was calculating exactly how long to hold out this pause for maximum effectiveness. To come with you, do you? Hmm? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Damn it! She had her nose in that machine again. Didn't even notice my, perhaps in retrospect, too subtle discouragement. Eve once again rescheduled with the robot, who, if it was feeling rejected, put up a brave enough virtual face. We hopped the people mover hubwards. There wasn't anyone sitting in the car in front of or behind us, but Eve was acting a little sus anyway. Listen, uh, if I were you... And it's just a suggestion, so don't let me get in the way of any plans you've already got. But I might keep the whole joining SOT on the VDL. Vancouver Dodgeball League? No. A very down low. What? I wouldn't mention Spirit of Tomorrow in a room full of progress security. Okay, okay. It won't be my opening line. I think you might be being a little prejudgy right now. You know, last night, in the time when I was free-falling away from the crashing dirigible, before I pulled the release on my parachute, I thought to myself, I hope this isn't going to make me too judgy. At this point, I was really regretting not holding that uncomfortable pause five, ten minutes longer. We strode into Progress Security Station. Well, I strode. Eve was intently studying the mosaic tile patterns on the floor, scanning for that one infamous green tile, no doubt. I suppose I was there for some level of moral support. I waved my hand over her shoulder as if to say, there, there, without actually making physical contact. You know, seeing as we're more work colleagues. They had just installed a series of welcome kiosks, which seemed more approachable than the bored, uniformed officer sitting behind the reception desk flipping through her chime. 
Progress Security, in conjunction with the Astute Intelligence Project, would like to welcome you to Progress Security Central Station. Eve Moore and Tim Less. Um, thank you? Eve, you have an appointment in room 412. I'm calling you an elevator. Please wait one moment. Uh, I'm here too. Tim Less, please wait for further instructions. The concrete pillar behind the kiosk slid open. Uh, I think it's a one-person elevator, Tim. Yeah, we're gonna see about that. Uh, Tim, you're not going to fit. Look, just hold uh, on. You wanted me to come, right? Yeah, Okay, but... well, I'm sucking it in. Just press the button. Uh, there is no button. Look for one. Going up. Uh, no trip to ow. progress is complete without seeing the hemisphere. And dining at the ends of the earth. Hey, watch your elbow. Stunning views of suburban progress. Try not to breathe, please. Okay, I'm doing my best. And Bailey. Stop wiggling. God, let's take it forever. Room 412 is down to the Eve, there you are. Chief Maxian, you are right outside the elevator. Yes. Yes, I am. Told you I'd fit. Miss Moore, could you come with me for a moment before we meet with the others, please? Oh, I suppose Tim and I could... Just just... a quick moment, Eve, I promise. Yeah, whatever you say. Tim, I'll see you in a minute. (sighs) Down the hall, there seemed to be a table with some of Progress Security's finest surrounding it. And where there's a table with a bunch of cops gathered around it, that means there's probably... Eh, bagels. I mean, I guess... Would it kill them to spring for a fruit tray? Ah, at least there's a full pot of coffee. Tim, what are you doing here? Rick? Just a second. Ugh. Ugh, I I think the coffee's gone off. (laughs) They made a switch to kombucha. Something about a better energy regulation and bowel movements, I don't know. Is that what this is? There's a reason the pot's still full. Between you and me? There's a pretty good black market for instant right now, but we don't have a supply. We need someone to check out a car and head over to the Kissimmee Publix. You know, I'll think about it. I need it if I'm going to keep doing these night patrols, especially after the last one. Last one? Yeah. You should have seen it. There's these kids from uh, Spirit of the Future. Spirit of Tomorrow, but go on. Yeah, anyway, so I'm chasing one of them. On foot? Yeah, on foot. Okay. Anyway, she climbs up the side of the building, and I think, I'll just wait until she comes back down. She's not going to climb all the way up the roof, right? Yeah. And she flies away. Wait, what? She just flies away. Anyway, how do you explain that in a report? I'd like to know. Where'd she go? I don't know. She flew away. I lost her. So Spirit of the Future has jetpacks and stuff. I don't think Spirit of Tomorrow has jetpacks, Rick. What? You know all about the Spirit of Tomorrow now? Uh, just their names and the fact that they don't have jetpacks. It's a reasonably short list. Yeah, well, regardless, I'll tell you, I've lived in progress long enough to see some things, and I've never seen anything like that. How do you know it was Spirit of Tomorrow? They left the stencil they were going to use to spray paint the data tag on the side of the building. I realized I was hearing the other end of a telephone conversation I'd heard before. Wait, that's not how telephones work. What what building? It, it wasn't Radoc Projections. How did you know that? 
Uh, lucky guess? Yeah, must be. I, I saw the data tag. They never painted the data tag. Well, maybe, maybe I read it on the chimes. It wasn't on the chimes. Well, not your chimes. I, I read the dark chimes. Uh, okay. Okay, so she climbed up the Radoc building, the, the one with the rotating... No, no, uh, that's the one they were tagging. She climbed up Shawnee Aerospace a couple blocks over. One of the protesters had told me about this. She had climbed up the building and caught something that carried her up in the air, and she made her get away with this mysterious flying thing as her wheelman. Or, a uh, wingman. I figured something was missing, but IMHO, it didn't make any more sense when Rick told it. Okay, what were they doing at Shawnee? Were they trying to break into the place? Hell if I know, Tim. All I know is that one minute she was holding onto the building and the next she's soaring through the air. Tim, come on. They want us in the conference room? Wait, hold on. Okay, were they stealing spare airplane parts, radars, trackers? I don't know what to tell you, Tim. They might have just had jetpacks on the whole time. It wasn't a jetpack. Tim, come on. We walked down the hall. My mind was racing like a hamster in one of those clear hamster balls that was also falling down the stairs at the same time. Did Spirit of Tomorrow know what building they were climbing? How else would they have known where to get a flying... uh, something? If they were targeting the city weather department, they could be targeting Shawnee as well, I suppose. They both have planes? But beyond that, I didn't see the link. Did Shawnee build dirigibles for the weather department? It's possible, I guess. I looked over at Eve. I tried communicating what I knew using only my eyes and subtle facial movements. Not for lack of effort on my part, it did not seem to take. Then I tried to blink out in Morse code. I think she thought I had allergies. Dr. Knoll told me that technology was always going to be on their side, which was the future. But did he have ways of bending the arc a bit? Maybe it was some sort of like technological guardian angel that got their people out of a tough scrape. If so, they just happened to be on a building full of experimental airplane research when it came to the rescue. Or were they hacking into Shawnee's planes, just like they were hacking into the weather departments? Wait, was one a test run for the other? If so, well, they blew their secret to get a guy off of what's basically a case of felony attempted littering. TBH, I wouldn't be calling in the escadrille for that. I just wish I knew what Spirit of Tomorrow, the City Weather Department, and Shawnee Aeronautics had to do with each other. But whatever I thought of, I could not see a connection. Thank you all for joining us. This is Tim Less and Eve Moore. Professor Fang requested they be a part of this meeting. Of course, you two have met Professor Fang and Bo from the City Weather Department. Yes, it's um, good to see you on the ground, Eve. Mm, Likewise. I'm not sure if you've met... Wait, Doug? What are you doing here? Timothy E. Less. I'm working. So you know Doug. This is George Prang... Hi, nice to see both of you. I'm aware of you, of course. So, first, let me say that we are very concerned about the security of this weekend's air show. Mr. Prang is the president of Shawnee Aerospace. Oh, that's the connection. Greetings, residents of the prototype world of tomorrow. Explore the extraordinary historical Disney content on the Boardwalk Times. Check out their wide range of editorials on Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Tomorrowland, Epcot, and the streaming services of the future. This is your destination for all things related to Disney, plus everything else. Be a part of the future today at BoardWalkTimes.net 
and follow them on social media at Boardwalk Times. And now we continue Fairweather Foes. I don't know how many times I can repeat this, but canceling the air show is not an option. Not for the people I work for. I can't imagine the jackals that would put profits above human lives. Well, I'll bring you to the next shareholders meeting. Look, our next year of business is on the line. Buyers see that show and we get our next 12 months of orders. You think we're getting those orders if we're all but admitting the planes are hackable? Besides, as far as I can tell, your blimp is a you problem. If Spirit of Tomorrow can hack our dirigibles, they can hack your planes. Well, can they, Doug? No, I mean military-grade encryption. Oh, military-grade? We use four times military-grade. Oh, that sounds better. It's better. Four times? Four orders of magnitude. Oh. Doug's team has been working on this new prototype for how long, Doug? Five years. Five years of development costs. We missed this weekend. We're SOL. We might as well wait 12 months for the budget lines to reset. So we're not pissing five years of work away because you had an incident. Mr. Prang, we understand your company has requirements, and I assure you on behalf of the city weather department... Don't speak for me. On behalf of all municipal services, we will absolutely do everything in our power to... Excuse me? Mr. Less... Yes, uh, I've got a question. Well, go on. What's so special about the new plane? What? Tim, you're kidding, right? No, you know, Tim's got a point. If this was just the new version, you'd just release the specs and what? You might lose 5% of the orders from the hype, but this must be something new, right? We are not currently sharing anything about our plans for the presentation. Oh, this was the one more thing. You better believe it was. Wait, how do you know about the one more thing? Colombo, what about you? Corporate presentations. Really? They do those? It wasn't a one more thing. It was going to come in the middle. That is a horrible place for a one more thing. People expect the one more thing at the end. They don't expect it to come in the middle. Look, do you want us to all sign NDAs, or are you going to just tell us? Chief <sighs> um, Maxine, can I use your photocopier? Mr. Prang, is this necessary? You know what, everyone? Raise your right hand. Do you all swear not to tell the truth, any portion of the truth, and avoid telling the truth about whatever Shawnee is showing off at the air show. We do. Then, by the power invested in me, I pronounce you all bound to secrecy. Mm, I'm not sure any of that is legally binding. Uh, we can pinky swear. Fine. Let's call it a gentleman's agreement and we can leave it at that. Understood. Doug, do you want to go over the broad strokes? Yeah. So you all know the differences between fixed wing, rotorcraft, and aerostats. Yes. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, let's just assume for the sake of argument that we all do. We have built a new type. We've built an Entomopter. That sounds great. It flies like a bug. That's impossible. That's what we do at Shawnee. We build the impossible. I'm sure your customers would prefer you to build the scientifically grounded. This is supposed to be a piloted craft, I assume. It can be controlled on board or remotely. 
That doesn't matter. Either way, it's just a person pushing buttons. It's impossible because no human could pilot it. Uh, insects think faster than we do. Human perception and reaction times have a limit. They, they can't be changed. I'm not sure you're thinking of all of the advantages that mimicking insect flights would have for our customers. A craft built on this model could carry 17 to 20 times its I own... I understand, but you can't do it. It might be possible on a prototype scale. Uh, maybe a few feet wide, but the physical properties of the air won't allow a large version of it to work. Even if you did, you still have the problem of piloting the craft. I- is it AI-assisted? You know, to make up for the reaction time deficit. That's proprietary. I'm not even sure Akip has made that kind of progress. And let's face it, Liam Crawford isn't working for Shawnee. He's not working at Akip either. Uh, Tim. Uh, what? Too soon? Excuse me, can we please get back to what we were supposed to be talking about? Specifically, how the city weather department is going to make sure the air show takes place on a bright sunny day, mid-80s, with about 40% humidity and light wind coming out of the east. At that point, you will all see exactly how possible this airplane is. No. I'm sorry, there's some confusion. By no, you mean the air show is off? She can't do that. Mr. Prang. All weather control vehicles are grounded until we have a better idea of what's going on. No one's asking you to risk one of your team members. Can't you just send up an unmanned one? (sighs) Bo and Eve being on board was the only thing that saved the ship from crashing into the city. Thank you! Furthermore, no city weather employees will be there. I'm giving them all the day off. You can't do that. I just did. Okay, we'll do it without you. Oh. You, what's the weather forecast for Saturday? Uh, With no intervention? Scattered light showers? Scattered light showers. Doug, can your new plane fly in scattered light showers? of of course. Great. But the rain... Chief Maxian, do any businesses in progress rent tents? I'm sure there are one or two, but I must insist that you reconsider... Have any of my aircraft raised the slightest cause for concern? No, I can't say that they have. Then I don't see any reason we should cancel. I suppose we don't need the city as much as we thought. I assume the weather department will be refunding our deposit? The accumulation is non-refundable. Eh, I get it. Oh, we'll address this later. Mr. Prang, I urge you to reconsider... The spirit of tomorrow is coming after your air show. Professor, city municipal services are what we call in the defense contract business a soft target. If these warmed-over veblenists trifle with American industry, (laughs) they're going to find themselves having a much harder time. Come along, Bo. I can tell when we're not wanted. And with that, the fat lady had sunk. But not Professor Fang. She's quite slim, the the metaphoric fat lady. The meeting was over, and the various parties left the room, only exchanging terse head nods. After the others had cleared off, Chief Maxian caught Eve and I in the hallway. Mr. Less, Miss Moore, I think you'll find this is the best way back to the first floor. She indicated a back stairway. At least it was larger than the elevator we came up in. And when I say larger... I mean the size of a standard stairway. As you might have noticed, Professor Fang has, let's say, a singular focus on Spirit of Tomorrow. And you don't think that maybe she No, 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 no. I would never say anything on the subject of another department's research. But 
If Spirit of Tomorrow had the will and the means to hack into a city system, we have a lot more problems than an afternoon rain shower. The weather department may be prone to exaggerate its importance to the city, a city in which 55% of the residents are covered by a dome. Frankly, they might find some more use if they move their efforts to Lakeland. I didn't want to ask you two to get involved, but I don't see another choice. So that makes us... What do you mean? Like, like progress security deputies? No. We do not have deputies. Counties have deputies. We have officers. So we're officers? No. Unpaid secret consultants. Secret? Uh, I'd like to address the unpaid part of that title. General? It's chief. You're an organization. I suppose. I think what Tim is trying to say is, since we're working together, would Progress Security be interested in sponsoring us for an incubator program? (laughs) Oh, I cannot imagine a scenario in which that is beneficial, frankly, for either party. And with that, Chief Maxian, who personally commanded dozens of Progress Finest, left the major corporate espionage investigation to us, the, if we're being completely honest, quasi-amateurs with no office. I looked at Eve and shrugged, but she seemed to be staring past me over my shoulder. I turned to see an illuminated digital sign that had a repeating scroll of the newly passed city ordinances. I mean, are you looking for something you're guilty of? Or just considering branching into a life of crime and gathering ideas? (laughs) Sorry, I was distracted. That's a lot of new city regulations. (laughs) If you think this is bad, you should visit City Hall. In the gift shop, they literally sell a souvenir roll of red tape. (laughs) When I worked at Sage, we had an army of paper pushers that did this for us. We are working secretly for two city agencies. As far as I can tell, not getting paid for either, and can't get an office because no one will admit to working with us. Welcome to operating a business in progress, where if you can dream it, you better know that it requires Form 82B, signed in triplicate, and notarized. We hop the people mover out of the city center. At this point, Eve's hunt of an office bordered on a Havian. But with only a single location for her to summarily reject, I figured I could swing by this last one before my well-deserved 40 winks. This one was also in the International Tapestry, in a section that was themed after an alpine village, with a looming scale model of Weishorn in the background and shopkeepers in Lederhosen. It made me once again imagine the modern, urban, co-working, synergy startup space we could possibly get for free with a corporate sponsor. There was certainly a class structure when it came to businesses in progress. On top were the slow-moving titans of industry, Companies like Astute Computing, Landkeeper Agro, Burton Robotics, Unices Technology. They had massive corporate headquarters in the industrial park, and their top employees were all citizens. Right below them were the more agile, smaller companies like Shawnee. They might have an office building in Dome, or right outside of it, maybe rent some warehouse space, but they weren't quite at the same level. And then there were the startups. At the last count, Progress had 2.7 startups for every man, woman, and child in the city. Any citizen, refugee, or resident could start a business. But there were perks available, which unlocked themselves if you could get a nod of approval from someone higher up the totem pole. It was sort of a self-sustaining system to limit creative destruction. 
A bit like if at the end of the Cretaceous period, each dinosaur got to choose their favorite mammal. Generally, they'd look for ones that didn't seem particularly asteroid-resistant. But without that sponsorship by either a company or organization or just a prominent backer, it was hard to get a foothold. To use an appropriately mountaineering metaphor. There's one word for this place, and that's charming! Well, that was a word which, in other circumstances, might describe the place. I can't think of any particular adjectives that spring to mind, but it looked like what you might imagine to be the inside of a cuckoo clock. All brown, polished wood, carved acorn posts, with a few bottle glass windows thrown in for good measure. The unit we were looking at was on the third floor. Hanging in the floor's lobby actually was a cuckoo clock that you didn't see at first, because nature had specifically designed them to blend in with these surroundings. I wondered if inside of that was yet another set of offices with another cuckoo clock like Russian nesting dolls. Well, you can't say it's not... quaint. You know what kind of private investigators the high-powered wheelers and dealers of progress want to have on call? The quaint ones. Oh, man. It's coming from the lobby. What time is it? The time is 12.45pm. <laughs> every 15 minutes. It's going to be that every 15 minutes. This property has many unique touches. Would you like to see the listing? We can invest in earplugs. What's with the list price? Did they forget a zero? Well, the office is priced according to one small downside. Yeah, what's that? The office is next door to, and don't let this prejudice you, the Progress Conservatory of Yodeling. Oh, sounds like they're back from lunch. Eve had her head buried in whatever gizmo she was using earlier. Eve, I said you didn't think to mention that on the way? The other neighbor is a sauerkraut factory. I didn't mention that either. Well, at least I can't smell anything. They're closed today. Just wait until Kanab and Shisen is over. You will. Well, at least only two of my senses will be out of commission. See? You can be at least 60% effective. Anything else I should know before you summarily reject this place like all the others? Well, there's a very well-reviewed chocolatier down the street. Highest rated in Bern. You know a remarkable amount about Switzerland. Hey, I read atlases as a child. What do you want me to say? Then uh, strike that. You know a remarkable amount about this office. Uh, we'll take it. What? I'll draw up the contract now. Please stand by. What, what, what about the sauerkraut? And the yodeling? And, and the cuckoo clock? And the chocolate? What, the chocolate was in the pro column. What are you doing with that thing? Every office. Every single one. You look at that gizmo and then you say, nope. And then we move on. No discussion, no SWAT, just a summary execution of whatever hopes and dreams I've ever had towards wall carpet and generic cola. Now this place is trill all of a sudden? You remember how I piloted that jeeper to my apartment? Yeah. And the reception was, well, spotty? Yeah, the reception was cosplaying as a Dalmatian. Well, I need a location in the city that's free from radio wave interference. That's what I've been checking. What? So you're just checking super local interference? Yes. That's why I need to know what businesses are nearby and why I have to check the place in person with this. I get it. If there's not a better place, we... That stupid bird! You know there's a reason they call them rats with wings? Um, I think that's a pigeon. A what? Rats with wings? That's what people call pigeons. I am not, nor have I ever pretended to be, an ornithologist nor a horologist. 
Actually, that's that's not true. There was this time in college with a girl at a bar who really liked clocks. You know what? Never mind. Wait. Say that again. That's what people call pigeons? No, 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 no. Before that. Uh, I'm going to need you to dog-ear the page of the conversation if you're expecting me to just flip back through it. The radio waves should be the same across town. Well, it depends on the type of wave and the level of interference. A pigeon did it. Excuse me? A pigeon. Not like a real pigeon. Like a carrier pigeon. A, a, a carrier pigeon is a real pigeon. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are just in kids' stories. You know, like gremlins. No, they're real. That's ridiculous. How does a pigeon know where to go? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It does matter if I'm the partner of someone who doesn't believe in carrier pigeons. Regardless, you and Professor Fang and Bo all told me the system was unhackable. That's because it is. But what if they didn't hack it? At least not the long-range system. What if they sent a pigeon? You remember those tablets they use? They're wireless, short-range, and probably less secure. Very short-range. Inches. So they send a pigeon. A metal pigeon. It's like a flying thing that gets close enough to the ship, and then it's like... Uses the short-range communications. Just like Bo does with his tablet. No one would even detect the commands as not being from the tablet itself. Uh, But wait a minute. It has to be at least password protected, right? Oh, I know Bo's password. Half the drones know Bo's password. He uses it for everything. Sweet Robert Moses. That would work. They say when you're reporting a crime, you have to look for the five W's. Who, what, when, and so on. But there's a sixth W. A W so important that the letter actually comes at the end. How? Up until now, the how was nothing but a big question mark. But at the moment, we had a theory. But you know what's also a theory? Gravity. This mysterious pigeon that swoops through the night to intercept messages was what probably took down even Bo's blimp that night. Well, that other theory, uh, gravity, helped as well, probably. And sure, we don't know the who, or the why, or the what exactly, but we have a means for the crime that's technically within the realm of possibility. So, you know, hashtag nailed it. This episode of Prototype World of Tomorrow was written and directed by Benjamin Lancaster. The associate director is Catherine Jenkins. Tim Less is played by Brian Balance, and Eve Moore is Callie Wills. Bo is played by Jerry Skids, and Professor Fang is played by Teresa Hugh. Doug McDonald is played by Kevin Berger. The real animator is Chris Cologne. George Prang is played by Barry Wallace. Chief Maxian is Jacqueline Thomas, and Rick Russo is John Sicari. The astute AI voice is Ron Schneider. The chime voice is Jacqueline Thomas. Music by Trash Chan, Zotair, Zeta. The associate producer is Naomi Addison. If you enjoyed this episode and want us to make more, please go on to iTunes and give us a... Five Chime Review. And support our sponsors, like this season's sponsor, The Boardwalk Times. Visit them at boardwalktimes.net. Prototype World of Tomorrow is copyright 2020. Just ahead in a jar, LLC.